and welcome to the Despawn podcast. I am your host, Paul Despawn. Uh, today we are doing another episode of the Despawn podcast where we talk to fans about their fandoms. This one is going to be a fun one, I feel. It is all about the wonderful world of role-playing games. Uh, so we've got an expert on. It is a, a gentleman that I have been following for a while. Uh, I I think he also refers to himself as this, but he's a bit of an RP genius. Uh, it is the wonderful Naza. Naza, how you doing, my dude? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm excited to talk RPGs with you. I'm sure we're going to get to some com- fun conversations. Uh, for those that don't know you, uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I'm Norza. Uh, I make uh, RPG-related content on YouTube, primarily around guides and character builds and reviews of RPGs and really just you know anything that you could want from an RPG uh, is, is kind of what I try to cover on, on YouTube. Um, and yeah, so that, that's that's mostly what I do. I've been playing games since I was, a I don't know, six or seven and got a PlayStation 1 and, and a Game Boy with Pokemon on it. Pokemon was baby's first RPG and it still <laughs> is these days. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I came from. Awesome. So I'm gonna, one of the first questions I was going to ask is, where did your love of RPGs come from? But I'm guessing it was around Pokemon and things like that. For sure, yeah. Pokemon was definitely my first real... Uh, I, I struggle to say the word real because, I mean, these days it isn't really. It's it's more just you mash A and then you finish the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was my first RPG. Um, and like starting with, I think Gold was my first and then I got Red. And um, yeah, like I put hundreds of hours into it. And I always, I've always loved the loop of leveling up and feeling that that progression cycle. And it just, it just hooked me back then. And then... I think the thing that really solidified it for me would be the Bethesda titles playing Oblivion on my Xbox 360. And um, I didn't have a lot of money as a kid, so I only got a very limited amount of games. And RPGs are hundreds of hours of experiences that you can play completely different ways and try different builds. And and uh, getting Oblivion and the DLCs and just playing that game on loop for years really yeah. trying different character builds and trying different decisions and joining different guilds and doing stuff and and that's that's really where a lot of my love comes from is just the, the freedom and the immersion that you can get from from those kind of games yeah well i mean obviously for anyone who knows you obviously they probably know you're from the youtube side um so obviously you do a lot of uh, character builds as you mentioned things like that is it that kind of did that love of rpgs kind of uh force you into well not force you but lead you into the root of that kind of creative aspect of doing all the analytical stuff of the builds and things like that or was it kind of you are kind of analytical and that love kind of pushed it into rpgs how does that kind of work with you in regards to the content you do yeah i, I would say it's a little bit of both so even in my professional career i've always been um very analytical and and looking at, at data sets and stuff in, in a previous life when i was a system administrator and i've always liked that kind of data and always liked it in my games too and being able to figure out you know doing x and y will give you you know a certain solution or make your character so much more powerful and trying to find those min maxing different you know way to make you more powerful and then trying different things that maybe isn't the most powerful build but is still fun and trying to find that enjoyment and they both kind of linked into each other and then for the for the youtube side it's something that there isn't a whole lot of people out there that are actually making character builds and 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 those style of content uh, on youtube there's only two or three channels i can think of off the top of my head and um you know i saw that there was a niche for it there and that's kind of where i decided to put my uh, two cents in Awesome. And yeah, I think it works really well. Um, and I mean, obviously, just getting into like at the beginnings, obviously, you mentioned you like Pokemon and things like that, and you moved on to the Bethesda titles. 
what is it about those kind of RPGs that you fell in love with most? Is it obviously like you mentioned, is it the kind of how you could do those character builds and do the fun things? What is it about those specifically or RPGs specifically as opposed to like other genres in video games that you kind of fell in love with? Yeah, I think to to boil it down to one word, it'd be freedom. Mm-hmm. So the freedom in exploration, being able to go anywhere you want, freedom in dialogue choices, quests, etc., freedom in character builds. It's there's so much that you can do in those games, and and getting the the, the bang for your buck was really important to me as a kid, and and I was very uh, I would always look up the games that I was going to buy and see how many hours, what you could do, and and that was always things that I looked for is you know those kind of RPG elements, and at the time I didn't realize really what i was like looking for holistically in that it was an rpg in an open world or maybe not open world but but those kind of games where you can make different decisions and have different builds and stuff and classes etc like didn't really know what exactly exactly what i was looking for at the time but you know it was those games often had a lot of hours that i could put into uh and so that's why i went those routes really um but it's 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 freedom and and yeah open worlds is, is the main thing immersion like not every rpg has to have classes and stuff like like i would classify red dead redemption 2 as an rpg because you are mm-hmm. playing the role of arthur uh and that game is just like filled to the brim with immersion but, but yeah. yeah i know you like rpgs as well so let me let's hear why you like them uh pretty similar to what you said i think the uh the immersion into like a, an open world is is fantastic and it's something that you don't get a lot of in like other genres like you got your shooters and things like that and the bigger titles and action adventure you don't really kind of get to create your character in an open world and uh, have that freedom to run around and do what you want in those worlds um i find obviously that open-ended aspect to some of the stories even when it is like playing named characters uh it gives you a bigger scope to do things with the story that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do in other genres i think that's what i always fell in love with personally um, but I mean, I just want to jump into uh, one thing you said at the beginning there. Obviously, you started off in games like Pokemon, and then you've got to games like uh, the Bethesda titles, or like Oblivion, Skyrim, those kind of things. Uh, what was like the history for you through like your childhood, through from starting out at Pokemon? Like, what are the big RPGs that stood out for you as a kid and going forwards? Yeah, pull it on the memory here. Um, so <clears throat> first, definitely Pokemon on the. I got a PlayStation 1 not too long after I got a Game Boy. I don't really remember any back then that I had. The ones that like immediately jumped to the front of my mind uh, is Dragon Age Origins and Oblivion and then Morrowind I played um, on my PC not too long after I got into Oblivion. Um, they're the first kind of couple that really jumped to the front of front of my mind, but I'm sure there's plenty of others that, that just can't remember. Um from back in those days but jrpgs was something that escaped me okay. uh, i i never really got too much into them i know they were being in the playstation 2 days with kingdom hearts and uh, and the final fantasies and they just i don't know I, I, interest levels for me as a child they just never really came uh, i wasn't wasn't too into it um i had played some kingdom hearts at a friend's house uh back in back in the old days i think it was the first kingdom hearts game um on the playstation 2 I think that was, was it, was it two or three? I don't know. I think but, that would have been two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it just never, never grabbed me, I guess, um, the, the JRPGs and, and, and their systems, which is funny because I was so into Pokemon as a, as a kid and they're a lot of their DNA of, 
of the Pokemon game and that linear RPG progression is uh, is seen in a lot of JRPGs as well. But mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I um I went, went the different route with more of a more of a Western style to a lot of my my RPGs. Right. And what do you feel like is the difference between those two styles? Like uh, obviously within the I think anyone, when you say JRPG, automatically goes to lean like the old school Final Fantasy turn-based RPG. Uh, and when I personally, when I think of Western, it's more of a kind of like action-based. What about yourself? What's your kind of like thought process on this? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of holistically, not looking at any specific uh, game, uh, a lot of JRPGs have more of a linear progression style mm-hmm. in that the game is pushing you through. I guess similar to like the way a Pokemon game does, in that you start at Route One or Route 201, whatever they call it, and you make your way over to Route 30, and you just go through 1, 2, 3, 4, so on, and continue the story. And a lot of JRPGs that follow a very similar mindset um, in, in their progression systems that, you know, you, you're doing those leveling up and, and character build kind of things, but you're, you're really progressing towards the end state, which is, the, which is the same for everyone. And um, I think as well, like a lot of the... I guess that that freedom aspect isn't isn't necessarily there in the same way as as a lot of the Western styles that are really focused on a lot more open world or um, just thinking of the Bethesda titles and and even the Bioware games that had a lot of that that linear style of progression. Mass Effect was one that I forgot to mention before, but thinking of that that linear progression is still there in Bioware titles in, in a way, but you have a bit more control over um, how you want to take on the quests and and you know mass effect 2 was was what it what it was in the end that there was so many different end states and um yeah i think that's probably the main thing is that for me that i would notice is is that a lot of the quests and progression uh, are falling pulling you through a pretty linear path there's not a not a whole lot of divergence that you can do yeah yeah no i think that makes sense um and i mean what is um i'm gonna say obviously we started on pokemon all those kind of things I feel like from obviously knowing your content and watching what you've done, you've kind of lent towards, like, let's say, the Western style. Uh, and I think I know you've got a lot of love for, again, Bioware's titles uh, and Bethesda's titles specifically. What is it about their titles specifically that kind of, like, captured your, your love and imagination? It's, it's funnily that it's different for both. So for Bioware, it's a lot of the characters and the writing. Uh, you know, you think of characters like Garrus in Mass Effect um, that there isn't really anyone necessarily super memorable in a lot of the dragon ages other than um starts with them in the first one morrigan yeah uh, yeah yeah whatever her name is starts with them the witch <laughs> yeah morrigan yeah. That, that, that lady, that lady yeah. yeah um yeah um it's a lot of the the writing and bioware is what what drew me in from their side uh, they have a lot of those elements that i really liked about but there's the games uh, minus the most of the open world sides but the freedom in how you want to tackle quests and and do kind of whatever you whatever you choose to in those worlds and um you know mass effect was just such a pinnacle of of writing for me like i think that there's so much good quality writing in there and choices that you can make. And especially when you get to Mass Effect 3 and, you know, the Citadel DLC and, and everything, and there's just the character arcs in there just really, really make that game stand out. Um, and, and from, like, the, the Bethesda side, it, it's a lot of that. They, they have some of that as well. Like, there is definitely quality writing in, in Bethesda titles. Um, but, but what really drew me in is just the immersion of the world, being able to press W and just go wherever you want. Mm. Like... You don't have to follow any specific thing. You can almost live in the world and and just wander around. You know, do whatever. That that you know. Sometimes you don't feel like doing a quest. Sometimes you don't feel like 
saving the world or doing whatever. You just want to, oh, that looks cool. You just want to press W and go that way. And, you know, that's that's something that I still to this day, like I'll boot up Red Dead Redemption 2 and just wander around. Like I, I find it very cathartic to relax to an immersive game and just do nothing in that world. I think I've had a, I think I've had a conversation with people previously talking about things like Fallout, where I think Fallout 4... I put about 60 hours in without reaching Diamond City, for those that know it. Uh, I spent so much time doing side quests and things like that. Uh, it was just a ton of fun. Uh, and again, like you say, it's that open world immersion of just being able to just disappear into a world and just go do what you want. Uh, and yeah, I think that kind of speaks to me as well. Um, and I mean, obviously we talked about that. Like, what is your kind of like ideal RPG? Because I know we talked, we, we covered like the immersion, the open worldness. Uh, like the Bioware, the Bethesda's. What is your ideal RPG uh, like experience? Hmm, that's a tough question to answer. Um, Enough to do it. I'm sorry. There's something. <laughs> there's something good about it. Like you could always find those different things. But mm-hmm. um, I I like a barren world that is filled with things to do. So not 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 something like a like Cyberpunk had a fantastic world, but. Um, you know, it's it's based in a city. It's very dense. It's there's stuff everywhere, regardless yeah. of issues with the game. But you know, something like a, a Bethesda world, a Fallout, a Skyrim, or whatever. There are, you know, it's a, it's a huge open plan. Um, even The Witcher for, is very similar in the, in this regard that um, it's very open and there is stuff happening around you that you you know, interact with things. You could, you always find stuff. Um, I like that big open plan. I like the the um, that coming out moment, uh, like when Bethesda do it in all of their games, where you you come out of the vault or you come out of prison in all of the the Elder Scrolls games, and you just see like the world, like that mm-hmm. that that moment. A good RPG has to have that coming out moment, and yeah. and Zelda Breath of the Wild has it as well. When you come out of the of hibernation and you stand over the world, and you're like, it just blows your mind. You the go, the like, title screen, yeah, when that finally pops exactly, up, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that moment, nailing that moment is so important. Uh, mm-hmm. I think to like giving, like hooking me personally into your RPG. If you nail that moment, I'm I'm in. And uh, from there, it's just it's just stuff to do. Give me quality quests that are all chained together that actually have an arc. It's not you know just go and save this thing and then come back and go and save something else or whatever. Like I want to, I want characters to progress. I want interesting characters that I can interact with and learn about their history the outer worlds with pavati who's just a, an incredible character in that game um she's fantastically written and so unique and you know that she was the highlight of that game but characters like that that are just so deep and and have like you know it, it's really it's a common trope in rpgs that every male or female you come across is just so attracted to you you're just <laughs> like the god in that universe like yeah. you know you're you're the paul rudd of, of that universe uh. right like everyone wants to be you but having characters that don't like yeah. you or like don't feel that way about you but are still just really interesting to talk to and creating like that friendship in the world is just really engaging and and having good rpg systems give me a stats screen that i can look at tell me what those stats do make sure that they actually do something in the world don't just let me press you know increase this stat by one and it does nothing i want to feel what that's actually doing compared Mm -hmm. to if i chose a different option and and yeah whatever the weapon system is good combat quality 
you know, weapons to control and movement and stuff. And yeah, I think you, you could probably find a cross between The Witcher 3, I don't know, a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls game, and then some of the amazing writing you get from from like a Mass Effect 2 or a, or an Outer Worlds or something. Put that somewhere into a, a mix and smash them all together and out will come my favorite RPG. That sounds like uh, a, a, a big title, uh, and I can't wait to play it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Xbox own most of those studios, so they do. Me, they Xbox, do. I'll make you an RPG. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, going into that, like, obviously, Xbox have basically gone out of their way to buy every big Western RPG developer right now. Um, yeah. Are you excited for the future in, in regards to Xbox specifically, or just in general? I am extremely excited for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Like they have cornered, they have literally cornered the market on Western RPGs. They own like one of the best Western CRPG creator in, in Exile, who made Wasteland Three and Wasteland mm-hmm. Two, and you know I think they're working on a on a third person RPG at the moment, which is still going to be interesting. Yep. But I wish they would stick to the CRPG style, my opinion. Um, then because then then you've got. Uh, Obsidian working on Avowed. It practically looks like Skyrim, but in the Pillars of Eternity universe. Who knows what that game's going to turn out to be, but it's going to be fantastic. And obviously, they bought Bethesda, who make all kinds of great things, and they've got Playground making Fable. Like they are, if you got if you love Western RPGs, you've got to have Game Pass. Really, the next yeah. two three years, it's it's going to be a wild time. I'm very excited to yeah. see what they do. I was going to say you need to own an Xbox, but nowadays you don't really need to do that, do you? So no, but no, just yeah, just just being in the Xbox ecosystem is exciting for an RPG fan. That's right. Um, That's exactly right. So I want to talk about like obviously the effect that RPGs have had on like the world of video games because I feel like recently, uh, and I don't know if you feel the same, but like uh, over the last like decade or so, like RPG mechanics and just RPGs in general have kind of like infiltrated other like genres. Uh, do you feel that's the correct to say yes this yeah. is a pain point of mine that i actually wrote about in uni i wrote an essay okay. uh, about this earlier this year which was pro- is probably going to be turned into a youtube video in the near future so there's a there's a there's a little uh, tease for you but uh, essentially the concept of an rpg has found itself littered into many other games and the reason that they're doing this is because of the popularity that has come from jrpgs and western rpgs in the last 10 years that these big open world experiences and the RPG systems and just having that RPG tag, those three letters on your game will sell more copies. And I think in a lot of cases, people are trying to test that out. Ubisoft especially mm-hmm. uh, pioneering, just putting RPG on everything. In that article that I wrote, which will eventually come out into a, into a video, uh, I did some research on companies that have had marketing cycles about this new game is bringing in RPG elements. This, you know, X, X and Y is trying this RPG route. And Ubisoft have done that with practically everything in the last six-ish years since Assassin's Creed Origins. Every one of their games has had a marketing cycle that specifically talks about adding RPG elements to their game. And probably two of their last six years worth of games, I would say, are actually RPGs being Valhalla and uh, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Origins mm-hmm. had some elements, but it was really more of an action adventure. And, and a lot of, you know, the Far Cry games, there's that same marketing cycle about adding RPG elements, and that's absolutely not an RPG. Same with um, uh, Division, Borderline, in a, in a way. But I still think that's more of an action RPG. It's just got a gear system, and a gear system doesn't mean that you're an RPG, in my opinion. Um, I think that that's a it's sugarcoating what what an actual RPG is, <laughs> and and the 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 main thesis of the piece that I wrote was that 
we in the gaming industry need a classification board that not only classifies what you know g pg r whatever rating it is but what the actual product is you think about movies for example you go see a horror movie you know it's a horror movie you know but in that horror movie if if the the victim or whatever you know um jack ripper is chasing them and they're like oh my god and they run into a room and the tv turns on and they watch spongebob on the tv for 10 minutes that doesn't make it a kid's movie no it's still a horror movie yeah right but the can't in, in games, if that exact same thing happened, we would say this is a horror and you know a two D platformer because SpongeBob is doing this. But yeah. it's a you know like we we combine all of these genres together and you end up with a game that's a action horror adventure with RPG elements that also maybe is a platformer because you do this one platforming section and we just get this confuddled mess. Like and I think that it's it's I see why they do it because it's marketing and you know you you want to try and I personally, right, If you, I love RPGs. So if you tell me that your new game, even if it's not, has RPG elements, I'm instantly going to be interested. Yeah. And it's the same with anyone. If your favorite genre is horror and the next Assassin's Creed game, they're like, we're adding horror elements. You're instantly going to be like, bang, oh, tell me more. Like, yeah, what yeah. is this? That's that marketing cycle hype. And, and, you know, I think that we really need to be more stricter around uh, what an actual genre is and, and how we apply that to games. I'm going to say, to get off the subject a little bit from RPGs and stuff, do you think that comes from maybe video games being a bit more nuanced than other media, though? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think, like, yeah. so you can yeah. kind of, like, not shoehorn, but you can kind of, like, bring in those elements and they still work. Like, you mentioned, obviously, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, one of my favourite games of all time, uh, and I think that led really well to kind of light RPG elements and, like, building up your, your weapons and your class and stuff, uh, and obviously had a skill tree. Uh, so these kind of, like, staples of rpg games and i think they brought them in but on the surface it's not really an rpg game it is very much just a an action adventure an open world that you're around in um but do you think this is um just a sign of how popular rpgs are becoming or have become because i feel like in my youth um i'm probably older than a lot of people but in my youth i felt like rpgs were these kind of things that were looked down on in the video game industry a little bit so again like especially in the West anyway. Um, personally, I felt like it was very much in the case of like shooters, racers, those were the big titles and RPGs were these things on the side a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Like the concept of an RPG is much more technically demanding than a lot of other genres because of the, the complex systems underneath the hood before you even talk about whether your game's going to be open world or whatever it's going to be. Um, you know, there, there's so much complexity to the systems and the stats and how they interact with the game itself, as well as just like tracking all of that information and quests and dialogue choices and stuff. There's a lot of complexity under the hood before you even talk about making this beautiful open world that you can just press W and go anywhere. You know, that's, that's complex in itself whereas you know in a racing game you just follow the track like it's yeah. you know it's much, much easier to do you're, you're always on rails and, and those on rails experiences even shooters to agree like they're not necessarily on rails at a multiplayer game but your map is set you can't go outside those boundaries and you just run around and shoot each other very much more simple you know there's no hidden stats that oh you know i pull the trigger and maybe i miss because you know my accuracy is bad with this specific gun whatever like you know it's there's much more hidden things there and, and a lot of rpgs took time to catch up to that that level and i think that the technology especially with the xbox one and playstation 4 really propelled rpgs into being much more of a mainstream stay you know the 
back in back in the olden times, you see RPGs, the the computer RPG with the top down view and the turn based combat is really where a lot of that the core DNA started from Dungeons and Dragons being then ported into you know a computer game with Baldur's Gate and and how that that really kind of took off and then now that the technology is caught up and we can have these open world and really complex experiences rather than having that top-down view you can actually pull yourself down in front of the character and and i think that is much more of a uh an easy way for people to get into a, a genre like <clears throat> if you don't like i'm losing my voice today i'm so sorry okay. <laughs> i've been talking so much all week and now it's saturday um yeah, if you don't like CRPGs, that top-down view, you're used to shooters, you're used to racing games, you're used to being looking at your character from behind, now that technology is caught up, that we can have those open worlds or, or big expansive experiences from a first-person or a third-person perspective, it's much easier for the mainstream audience to get into that experience and actually, you know, that, that uh, barrier of entry is much lower. A lot of people see that top down for you with your turn-based systems and it's just it's too complex they're you know they just they just have no interest in it but it's much more engaging to look at a character a high definition cool looking character from a first person third person perspective and and connect with that character and then because you've connected with something in the game you'll continue to follow it through and i think that's partly why the um a lot of them it's those rpgs and that rpg elements have leaked into the mainstream i think I think it is because of, like you say, you mentioned there briefly, like obviously coming from the Dungeons and Dragons era of like tabletop RPGs, top down, you've got a board, uh, but this is kind of becoming, like you say, more immersive as an experience. So you actually feel like you're in the character rather than just looking at them. Uh, and yep. yeah, it's probably that kind of, like, it's easier to grasp hold of. Uh, and you say like the technology, obviously you can back up the the visuals with that rich, complex, like, systems that are all in, are prevalent from RPGs. Absolutely. And I think the the way that a lot of visuals is so important these days, and it's also why games take so long and cost mm -hmm. so much money, is because everything's so high definition these days. But that's part of the reason why games have really taken off in the last 10 years, in my opinion, is because it's so much easier to grasp something that looks realistic than something that just looks like a bunch of pixels on a screen. It's much easier to create that connection with characters that look human, look realistic, or don't have to be human, they could be whatever, but that look realistic that, you know, you you can actually find an identifying factor that will draw you into that experience. And I think that's part of why games has, has really exploded in the last, you know, 15-ish years rather mm -hmm. than what we used to have on the screen of just a bunch of pixels running around that kind of looked like people or things but you didn't really you had to kind of get that suspension of disbelief but it's uh, it's much easier when things are much more clean and crisp and immersive i definitely had a hard time explaining to people that final fantasy 7 was one of my favorite games when you saw like eight polygons running around with a giant sword but yeah, no, it's a lot easier nowadays to explain it. Um, and I mean, exactly. obviously we talk about like, obviously that modern day coming, catching up and stuff and the graphics and stuff. Like talking about the future of RPGs, like how do you like see it at the moment? Because obviously like big explosion, pretty much every game wants to put RPG elements in there. What do you see being like the big new thing or like what is the big thing you want from RPGs going forward in the future? The big thing that I want and that I expect personally the direction to go is in ai in a development further in ai and the complex systems underneath the hood using the extra horsepower they get from the next generation and next generation pcs to do more complex computing based around the characters the npcs around you and how they interact with you in the world space so a lot of 
you know, most people probably think that the next generation of RPGs is just going to be much more land. We're just going to get, you know, from five kilometers, it's going to be 10 kilometers and it's just going to look prettier. But realistically, we could do that today. But the reason we don't do that today is because no one wants to spend a million hours exploring this giant barren wasteland of, of stuff. You know, you've got to contain their experience to whatever your world space is going to be. I don't think games will <clears throat> necessarily get grow wider they will just grow denser and whether that be the systems inside it you know you think about a fallout game you fallout 4 for example when you go into boston all the buildings you can only go in maybe one in five of them right maybe all of them will be open but the actual ai inside the characters will be more complex you always have in today's rpgs someone is either an ally or they are an enemy when you're walking around the world yep. you can absolutely identify what something is immediately you, you just know it's either got a green name tag or a red name tag. Mm. And part of that reason is because of how complex AI is to make is that you can't have something that will dynamically interact with the character or the world space around you because that just takes up too much computing power. Um, and so if you think about, <clears throat> you know, what happens if, you know, you've got all these gangs and, and similar to Cyberpunk, using that as an example, you've got all these gangs and how they, for the most part, they're allies, but they talk like they're not allies, but you can't, you know, they're just like blase people in the world. You can shoot them, they'll shoot back, et cetera, et cetera. But what happens if you make a decision and it dynamically updates all of the AI code to interact with you differently for those that specific subset of NPCs? Or um, you have a certain follower with you and just because that follower is with you, they will engage with you in a different way. And that not, that's not just set same them saying, which games do nowadays, was just you talk to them and they say, oh, I don't like that guy. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just a voice line and you just add that piece of code in, right? I mean, actually change fundamentally the way the AI will interact. And then having the AI interact with themselves in a human way, like not scripted events that are just, you know, two characters. You walk into Whiterun for the first time. You've never been there before in Skyrim and you walk up and, the, you know, there's two characters and they speak to each other for literally the only time in the entire game. It's just that it's coded that the first time you go there, they will communicate with each other, tell you some information, and then they'll turn the other way, right? What happens if characters can interact freely in a human element, you know, it's that's what I really think will bring RPGs and that immersion aspect further. Games will always continue to look better. You know, I don't know if things will always look 10 years from now, something will look better than a Red Dead Redemption 2, than a, you know, whatever Starfield's going to look like, whatever these RPGs are, are going to look like. But um, that complex AI stuff and, and actually having feeling things feeling natural is, is what I think will really propel RPGs forward. And that extra computing power of, of AI is, is what I think will will um really push it further I'd, I'd agree with that like i think um a game that i know we've both played recently uh Baldur's gate seems to be doing something quite clever with that in so much as like the conversations you have with their characters are a lot although still scripted in in the most uh instances they are very nuanced in the conversations that you have uh, and certain obviously interactions will affect certain characters in different ways uh and yet it does feel very immersive in that way without it being like you say um like all about the graphics and things like that and that does feel more immersive in in so much of an rpg element and that i do love and i'd agree that yeah um like the background like character dynamics is probably the best uh progression going forward i think absolutely you, know, you look at something like uh watchdogs legion mm -hmm. and what they were trying to do with their ai and, and their characters and how you could kind of be anyone do anything that not necessarily that system specifically but you know, those kind of interesting things of AI and, and um, making 
content in that way and characters interact in that way is I think something that will will um, become more of a mainstay as we look five, ten years into the future. I, I expect that you'll be having a conversation with an AI-driven um, NPC that is actually making choices based on what you're saying uh, through an AI. It's not someone has actually scripted or coded that specific phrase. It's it's based on what you've done in the world and they're communicating with you by making that that choice themselves with the game code is what I expect. Cool. No, no, I, I like that. I'm excited to see that happen in the future. Uh, again, just going into the future, obviously, we've talked about a couple of games. We've mentioned things like Cyberpunk and how like, their world isn't as expansive, but it's very dense. Uh, again, do you see that being like the future now of being like packing in uh, like these really big, um, like say, like dense worlds of like cityscapes or like castles and things like that, like fully fledged lived in worlds rather than these. Things like the earlier fallouts where it's very um, open world but expansive but very barren. Do you see that being like the future, uh, short term at least? I think we'll see we'll see more of that litter into it, but I think that there is still something inherently enjoyable about having a a legitimate open world that allows you to go anywhere and that's actually very open and expansive. You look at something like The Witcher Three and what they did with Novigrad, and that's a city landscape also by CD Projekt Red that has, it's very dense in its, in its scape. A lot of the, the NPCs just literally walk from A to B. They don't do anything, but mm -hmm. having that, they've, they've got that kind of best of both worlds and having the open world around you, plus a really dense city environment and something that's, that's not being a game developer, but just from what I understand would be extremely hard to do is a high quality, dense environment like a cyberpunk is in that city. And like Novigrad is um, even from the, the dev diaries I've watched about uh, The Witcher 3 and Overgrad was one of the hardest things they had to do in the game because of how dense and that area is and how there's so much stuff happening in the city. And that's something that in the next generation we'll absolutely see more of is a, is a dense space like that, a city space, because a lot of people in today's world live in cities. They live in dense environments and it's something that you just couldn't replicate well in games that actually felt real because of just how much, you know, putting all of that assets and npcs and having things interactable and do stuff it's very hard to do and that's why in a lot of bethesda titles even in the big cities like white run and and winter hold and, and even in fallout in um in diamond city it's a very it's very small it's mm -hmm. very incontained you have to go through specific loading screens just to get into that city environment and it's it's much harder to do those really big open areas when there's so much happening in, the, in that um small area yeah, I think uh, maybe the technology is going to help with that. So again, yeah. talking about the Xbox and the obviously the PlayStation as well, the SSDs and write and reading directly from RAM and things like that without going for the uh, the uh, the storage. Uh, I think those will help in that kind of like development. Uh, and I'm ex I don't know about yourself, but I'm excited for like two year two three years down the line to see what people do with that technology, uh, specifically in the RPG world as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we've talked about a few titles here. What is the next big title that you're looking forward to, whether it be like an update to an existing title or a brand new title that's coming or a sequel? What are the big titles that you're looking forward to in the, like, the short-term future? The immediate short-term, uh, Elden Ring, is something I'm very intrigued with. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to push um, you know, RPGs much further than, than we already are. Um, but I'm very intrigued. I'm just excited to play that game. I love Souls games. It's open world, love open world. It's, you know, it's, there's a lot of things in there that, that, that are for me. 
but the next the next probably big RPG that I'm very interested in is Starfield because we still don't really know what that game is. And regardless of you know what you think of Fallout 76 or any of Bethesda's work in the past, they have not made a brand new IP from scratch since the 1990s with arena being the first elder scrolls you know they didn't make fallout you know they bought that license Mm -hmm. and fallout 3 was fantastic being their first really delve into it and it's going to be extremely interesting to see what todd howard and the team there that have been a lot of bethesda game studios staff have been there for years they they are you you work at that company and you work there for 20 15 years however long it is and I'm very intrigued to see what you do with people that have been just working on two different franchises, primarily one being the baby of Elder Scrolls for 15 years. What happens when you take those away and you make something that is completely brand new from scratch? And what does that look like, especially in a sci-fi setting? What does what does that open world, what do those quests look like? You know, it's, it's something inherently uh motivating and enjoyable about trying something completely new especially if you've been working the same job for x amount of years i I expect that that team has put so much time and effort into that game that i'm really interested to see what that turns out to be yeah um for me as well i'd agree with that i think as well i keep going on about them but the backing of xbox recently Mm -hmm. uh, with the, the kind of freedom they're giving their studios I am excited to see what kind of support they're giving Bethesda to make the game that they want to make. Uh, and like you say, being the first like uh, new title that they've made in coming upon like 20, 30 years uh, is extremely exciting to see what they're going to come out with. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for that. Uh, I think personally for me as well, I'm excited to see what the next um, Cyberpunk and Witcher updates look like. So I know we're getting the next gen updates for those next year. Uh, and me personally, I loved Cyberpunk. Um, I didn't have any mm-hmm. issues uh, like a lot of people did, and I totally understand that those issues are valid, uh, and I understand why people might have problems with the game, but I am very excited to see what they do, given the time now and um, with new expansions and things like that. Uh, is, is I gotta say, Cyberpunk a game you're going to probably go back to after playing it? Yeah, I actually played it last night. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> the so first you... time in months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How was it? Uh, I'm uh it's improved yeah it's definitely improved uh, like i i didn't have any problems with it initially i i, I as pretty much same kind of um mindset to you i i thought the game was was good not great it was definitely unfinished in a lot of relative regards but the core underlying game that was there there was something special about it and i just wish they had that extra time to finish the game like because you could tell just from playing it that underneath the hood and and the characters how deep they were and interesting and just that the whole first person perspective and those cutscenes really playing around playing out around you that you can kind of look around and just do whatever like you don't have to necessarily interact with the cutscene like that is amazing like that's something that no one's even tried before still haven't we still don't have a game that allows you to just sit in a cutscene and you can look at someone to the left and say something to them or look at someone to the right and say something to them yeah no one's done that and and that's seeing that system finished if they had the time would have been fantastic but um yeah cyberpunk is is great and and um i still am enjoying it just getting back into it the the music like the game looks beautiful there's there is a lot to enjoy in, in cyberpunk um i just hope that you know we'll see what happens with these expansions and and future content that um 
they can continue to fix the game. It was a little disheartening when I went to boot it up and it says three months ago was the last patch, but we know there's more coming. It's, um, yeah, we'll just see how we go, I guess. Yeah, I think the big focus is obviously the next gen and just the uh, the yeah. stability for that. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's pretty much most of the questions I've got for you. Uh, the only thing I would say is obviously for... I know, I know there's probably, like, not a lot of people out there that haven't played any, but for anyone who's not really delved into, like, a proper RPG, what would it be your kind of advice for getting into one, and where would you say start, uh, and what are the kind of, like, things to look out for in these kind of games? It's hard to say where to start, because without knowing, you know, they're so different. RPGs are such a broad genre. You've got your post-apocalyptics, you know, your medievals, you, you've got sci-fi stuff there's so much even the jrpgs are they're complex in their own way you know there's so many different kinds of rpgs there's crpgs the top down the old classic things like it's, it's there's a lot to choose from and i think that someone who hasn't really delved into it the best thing that i would suggest to do is to find a genre that you enjoy from other mediums so if you watch a lot of sci-fi shows maybe cyberpunk might be something to try if you watch a lot of medieval shows something like a uh, elder scrolls um or you know what what have you would be would be something to try a, a genre that you can connect with to start with and then most rpgs in their initial stages aren't so complex because mm -hmm. everyone understands as a game developer and, and as someone playing a game that you've got to actually introduce your player to that world and it can be very daunting to boot up an rpg that is often going to ask you to enter stats and create your character and what do you, what's your name and what do you look like and you know what stats are you going to pick i don't know what strength endurance and charisma mean i don't know <laughs> like you know it's it's it can be complicated and i think that you know just starting out just press x through all of that stuff who cares you'll level up and change it anyway the main thing is getting you into that world and then doing the tutorial and understanding the game mechanics and talking to people and you'll you'll eventually find the enjoyment i think bethesda games of the skyrim which so many people have played these days um you know the fallouts everything they, they do a very good job of slowly introducing you to their world and their systems and especially that uh open that that uh that moment where you come out into the world you know after you've kind of got through the tutorial uh, and you can kind of do anything they do such a good job of, of slowly introducing you to the game systems um some rpgs skip a lot of that stuff especially the crpgs because they, they kind of expect you've got a bit of that base knowledge and crpgs can be very difficult to start with like a boulder's gate or a pathfinder especially pathfinder they're extremely complex um but finding that that uh game genre that you connect with and then just starting and kind of just ignoring the stats and then the kind of gobbledygook that they throw at you and just putting yourself in that world and eventually you'll connect with it and it'll eventually start to make sense like the all the stuff under the hood i think is once you're in it you'll you'll figure it out oh, that makes total sense uh, and then the final question i've got which actually someone posted on twitter why do you hate final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> i saw this and i considered responding but i don't hate final fantasy 7 remake i just don't like it it's not for me that's fair um that it's absolutely an rpg and it's a jrpg which isn't my favorite but i think that game has so many design flaws that people relish as it still being such a great game like it got so many tens out of tens but in a vacuum without the nostalgia of where that game came from it has so many issues that a quality rpg in 2020 2020 or 2019 whenever it, i think it was last year it came out yeah. who knows with time these days 
um, that a quality RPG has really advanced on. And the developers of obviously they're remaking a game that is however many years old and you know, they're adding their own things to it. And you know, if it feels like to me that that game was made in a dark room with no internet connection and they had no idea what people have done in the last 20 years for RPGs <laughs> yeah. as, as a whole. I mean, because I get that. Yeah. Like the, the combat is enjoyable, but there are way too many combat encounters that mean nothing. You turn a corner and you run into the same enemy that you've already fought for the last two hours and you just have to just mash the, the attack buttons and then you just keep on moving forward. And it's just, there's so much of that. Whereas I personally, I like to explore a world in my own time. I don't want to have to fight every five seconds because the game developers are scared that I'm going to lose enjoyment. I also don't want to collect cats for half an hour because I didn't realize that one was on a roof because <laughs> that's not a side quest. <laughs> but there is, there is something good about that Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy as a whole. It's just that I think that that game is... Um, people give it too much props. Um, if you take the nostalgia glasses off, I think that it has some, some fundamental issues. That's fair. I mean, I'm going to defend it a little bit in so much as, like, say, I've said Final Fantasy VII was my first real introduction to, like, massive RPGs. Um, I have definitely got those nostalgic glasses, but I think it's definitely um, it's definitely a remake rather than a new game uh, in so much as it is very much into the tropes of JRPGs in so much as, like you say, you turn a corner, there's a bad guy there. That is pretty much JRPGs to a T. Mm -hmm. uh, except they just randomly start attacking you. Um, so yeah, no, I can understand why, if, like you said, you've you have you've put made it clear that you're not a massive JRPG fan. It wasn't something you grew up on. So again, I guess it's something if you have that nostalgia for that kind of section of the genre. I think yeah, there's probably more to get out of it, and you you're more comfortable with that kind of um, combat system and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, there is a lot of fetch quests in old JRPGs as well. So. I can feel, yeah, not, not searching for cats all the time is probably not going to work for you. Uh, but no, I think okay. um, on that note, um, now we've defended uh, Final Fantasy VII, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Uh, it has been absolutely a pleasure to talk RPGs with you. Um, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, before we do that, okay. I do like Persona, though. Okay, that's I do, fine. I do like that's most, Persona's my jam. Okay. I love the characters in Persona. Anyway, uh, you can find me uh, on YouTube at Norza, N-O-R-Z-Z-A. Uh, I'm on all social media as Norza TV because everybody has my tag on social media, sadly. But um, but yeah, Norza on YouTube is the primary place to find me for all live content and and uh, RPGs, that any new RPG, especially Western RPGs that come out. I'll absolutely have a video on it. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, all the links will be down below, so make sure to check them out. Uh, but until next time, goodbye.